Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA and one does not. I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian, and I love YA. I'm Patty, Youth Services Manager, and I also love YA. And I'm Sarah, Youth Services Specialist, and I am disinclined to want to read YA. And yet here I am. Reading YA. (laughs) Reading it all. All right. Well, let's tell everyone what we're reading right now. I'll start. And while not YA, the series, or at least the Netflix series, does have appeal to both young adults and regular adults, too. Regular adults. I felt like saying regular adults was much nicer than saying old adults. (laughs) I appreciate that. Your garden variety adult. Just your normal, plain old, boring adult. Yep. So I've been hooked by the Bridgerton series. (laughs) A couple of weeks ago, I watched the first season, and now I'm on book three, An Offer from a Gentleman by Julia Quinn. What are you reading now, Patty? So the book I am currently reading is a very spicy retelling of the Hades and Persephone myth, which I am not going to talk about on this podcast because it would be inappropriate. So instead, I'm going to talk about a different retelling of Persephone and Hades, which is a story that is really hot right now. Um, It's called Lore Olympus. It is a graphic novel by Rachel Smythe. And it is volume one. It's all about how Persephone and Hades meet, and it's set in like a um, modern-ish world, and it's got all sorts of fun, different kind of retellings of the various mythological people. What are you reading right now, Sarah? I'm reading Cold the Night, Fast the Wolves by Meg Long. This is her debut novel. It's a sci-fi sort of novel set on a frozen planet where there's a girl who is, hold on to your seats, an orphan. (gasps) Shocker. And all she wants to do is raise money to get off of this desolated ice planet. But, of course, things don't go according to plan, and she gets involved with a, a corrupt leader who wants her to train his racing and fighting wolves and so there's a bonding with the girl and the wolf yes i know and uh ice goblins and carnivorous trees and all kinds of fun stuff like that so i've i've barely begun it but that sounds keep you amazing <laughs> so what are we talking about this time ladies Well, in the last episode, instead of assigning one book for all of us to read, we all picked different YA titles to celebrate Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Nice. And there were so many great titles to choose from. I narrowed my choices down to three and maybe a little extra bonus. Uh, What about you, Sarah? How many are you going to talk about? Uh, I believe I'm going to talk about four today. Oh, man. I am going to be the the girl that did not do extra and above on her homework I have well I read two but one it turned out is really more adult than young adult although I'm going to talk about it a little bit because I think it would be appropriate for our like 17 18 year olds but um the kids were not kids they were seniors in college which is not children (laughs) no it is not so I have two books But even if we're not going to talk about all the great ones we had in mind, we're going to attach a book list to this episode, which will have the ones we talk about, plus many more. 
So we're going to do something a little fun this episode. We have a timer in front of us. We're going to flip it over. It's an hourglass timer. So we have one minute to talk about each of our book selections. I'm going to start. And my first one is Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Rebuy. It's about a Filipino-American teen named Jay whose cousin June has been killed in President Duterte's war on drugs in the Philippines. Basically, if you kill a dealer or a drug user under Duterte's directive, you face no consequences. And all you have to be is suspected of either. Jay had his doubts about the reason behind his cousin's death and travels to the Philippines on his spring break to sort of investigate or find out the truth about June. This story deals with injustices, cultural identity, how Jay fits in as a Filipino-American with his family in the Philippines, and whether or not he's Filipino enough because they think he can't know or understand what's going on. I chose to read this title because, like Jay, my husband is Filipino-American, and it was really eye-opening about what's going on in the Philippines. I watched a promotional video from the author, and he said that the first time he saw his book cover, it was literally the first time he had ever seen a Filipino-American boy on the cover of a book. Wow. Which I thought was, like, wow, yeah. Also, Sarah, Jay has both parents in this book, and it is a standalone story, so this might be a book for you. All right. All right, Sarah, your turn. Well, the first one I'm going to talk about is called A Fa Love Story by Lone Le. And uh, you may recall, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, it's one that I was uh, reading. And it's about two high school seniors, Bao and Lin, and they each of their families owns um, competing Vietnamese pho restaurants. And they are get to be friendly and then maybe more than friends, but how to negotiate their own relationship in light of the fact that their parents are competitors slash enemies, do not like each other. And there's a secret kind of past to why their families don't like each other that you get to uncover in that book as well. And now, Catherine, you said you had another one you'd like to talk about? So my second title is Tokyo Ever After by Amiko Jean. This is the first book in a series of the same name, and actually book two titled Tokyo Dreaming will be coming out the end of this month, and I am very excited. (laughs) In the first book, Tokyo Ever After, we have Izzy, a Japanese-American teen living in a small, mostly white town who has never known her father but finds a clue in one of her mother's books and ultimately finds out he's the crown prince of Japan. Izzy travels to Tokyo to meet her father and becomes overwhelmed with her new Japanese imperial life and trying to prove to everyone she's Japanese enough. We also have conniving royal cousins, paparazzi scandals, and a very handsome bodyguard. Ooh. Yes. I chose this one probably for the royal element. I love princess stories and grew up reading a series called The Royal Diaries. They were historical, and each one covered a different princess or royal figure from around the world. And then, of course, there's the Princess Diaries. And this series, I would say, is kind of a more modern and diverse read-alike to The Princess Diaries. How fun. What I love the most about Tokyo Ever After is all the humor. It is actually a very funny story and has a pretty swoon-worthy romance, too. Now, Patty, let's hear one of yours. So the first book I read is a book called The Ivory Key by Akasha Rahman. And I really like this book. This book is a fantasy. And she, when she wrote it, she kind of combined the movies that she loved, like the Indiana Jones and the Mummy and National Treasure, all those treasure hunt movies, with all of her favorite things about India 
uh, like the architecture and the food and uh, the extravagant celebrations and the traditional art forms. And what this book is about is this is a world where magic is a physical resource. They mine it. And this country is out of magic. And it's a big secret. And Vera is the newest Maharini, and she is desperate to prove her worth and get out of her mother's shadow. And she's going to find this magic ivory key that has been hidden by a secret society and find more magic for her country. But to do that, she's going to have to work with her very dysfunctional siblings, and each one of them has a different reason for wanting to go after this key. And they're all keeping secrets from each other. And they all have their own agendas, but they're going to have to work together to get through this journey. And then also the very thing that they are looking for could tear themselves and their family apart and their country. And so we're kind of just kind of waiting to see what happens. And this book ends on a cliffhanger. It's a duology. Sarah's favorite. Great. Sarah's favorite. It was wonderful. I love it. Uh, I wanted to read this one because I just thought the cover was beautiful and I love the idea of magic as like a physical thing and it was really cool. Sarah, can you tell me about another one of your books? Happily. (laughs) I don't believe you. Yes. So the next one on my list is called Sunny Song Will Never Be Famous by Suzanne Park. And this is about a Korean-American girl who um, got famous as a viral video when she was a child and has wanted to kind of keep up her fame on Instagram and things like that. And so she's doing all kinds of things to keep herself relevant, and that ends up in her getting into some trouble at school. And then there is um, an incident where she films herself making brownies that turns into hashtag browniegate. And... uh, I do want to give you a trigger warning, Patty. When she cooks the brownies, she uses her hands. I know that's an <laughs> issue for you. Look, does she have typhoid? <laughs> she does not. Then it's fine. But because of her um, addiction to her social media fame, she gets sent off to a um, deprogramming camp in Iowa where she has to learn to live without her social media and reconnect with herself for a month. And she, of course, is not happy about that, tries to find ways around it. Meanwhile, meets a cute boy. You can guess what may or may not ensue after that. She documents her entire relationship on Instagram? Maybe. (laughs) No spoilers. So, but I enjoyed that one as well. And while we're talking about that book about a character named Sunny, I will reference my other book about a character named Sunny. This one is called Sunny G's Series of Rash Decisions by Navdeep Singh Dillon. And it is about uh, an American teenager of East Indian descent. And he, um, ha- the story takes place over all one night. Um, Sunny is wanting to kind of break out of his shell and be a new person He's also struggling with the loss of his older brother to alcohol addiction, and he meets a girl named Mindy, who's of Vietnamese um, descent, and there's sort of a little rapid-fire romance over the course of the evening. If you're into um, cosplay, if you're into um, 
Avatar, The Last Airbender, or any of those things, you will enjoy this book, and I would uh, recommend that one as well. Catherine, do you have another one you want to talk about? Sure. My next book is Counting Down With You by Tashi Buyan. The premise of this one is that a Bangladeshi-American teenager has 28 days to make the biggest decision of her life after agreeing to fake date her school's resident bad boy. Karina Ahmed's goal is to keep her head down and follow her parents' carefully laid out plan for her, even if she has no choice in what that life plan is. Like, her parents have already decided that she, what she's going to be studying in college, what classes and clubs she has to be part of now in high school to make that goal of college happen. Um, her parents are all about the math and science, and Karina has a passion for books and literature. But that is out of the question in her parents' eyes, which is sad. <laughs> That is sad. Okay, so long story short, with this one, her parents go out of town for a month to Bangladesh, and all the rules kind of go out the window. She had been tutoring the school's resident bad boy Ace, but now she's found herself in a fake relationship with him. In exchange for agreeing to fake date him, Ace buys Karina books from her favorite indie bookstore, as many books as she wants. However, it turns out that Ace isn't actually the bad boy she thinks he is, and maybe instead of counting down the days till her parents return, so this can all be over, she maybe doesn't want it to be over after all. Uh, in this one, I really liked the relationship between Karina and Ace, and, and they are both very different people, but somehow they bring out the best in each other. He's able to give Karina courage to fight for what she wants. She also has the cutest, most supportive, and loving grandmother. It really makes me miss my own grandma. Aww. Sarah, you have one more? I do. I saved my favorite one for last, and this one is called Frankly in Love by David Yoon. And it's about another um, Korean-American high school student, Frank Lee. And he falls in love with a girl named um, Britt. She is not Korean, and his parents will absolutely not tolerate him dating a non-Korean girl. And so he has a friend in a similar predicament. She wants to date a Chinese-American boy, and uh, her Korean parents won't allow it. So... He and his friend Joy come up with a zany, only in the movies and teenage books solution where they will fake date each other so that they can tell their parents they're dating each other, much to their parents' delight. But really, when they go out on their dates, they're meeting up with their respective loved ones. So you can imagine what may or may not ensue, but I really enjoyed this one. I um, really liked Frank's character, and I really liked... Um, the story was not entirely predictable, so I enjoyed some of that. And it was there were some very um, touching moments as well. Please tell me that they got their respective uh, partners to pretend to fake date each other as well. <laughs> they did not, no. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Their, yeah, their other person did not know about this fake dating arrangement. So Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Could be a problem. Catherine? Do you have one more you want to talk about? Well, this is my little extra bit. Oh, okay. I was just going to throw this extra recommendation out here. So if you like fantasy, a great author to check out is Elizabeth Lim. She has two duologies. The first is the Blood of Stars series, which is loosely based on the cowherd and the weaver girl tale from Chinese folklore. And her second duology, Six Crimson Cranes, has the second book due to come out in late summer. And it is primarily inspired by the wild swans, but you can also find bits and pieces of folklore, both Asian and European in this series. And they're both really great, so highly recommend. 
Yes, definitely. I've read Six Crimson Cranes. I have not read the first duology, so I need to go back and read that one because I really like Six Crimson Cranes. It's funny, actually, in the first duology, I think she references uh, the story of the second duology. Oh, well, you know me. I don't have trouble because starting in the middle. The, <laughs> the first duology actually takes place after the timeline of the second duology. Oh. It's just a brief mention. You would not have to read the other duology at all. Kind of like Once Upon a Broken Heart? No, because <laughs> Jax is very much in the Caraval series. Okay, fine. <laughs> like, he's actually in it. He's not just mentioned as a historical figure. <laughs> never going to win this battle. No. But anyway, Patty, tell us a little bit about your adult one. I'm curious. So my adult one, I picked it up because it came in one of my book boxes. It's called Portrait of a Thief by Grace D. Lee. And I wanted to read it because I love a heist. I think those are super fun where you build a team and you figure out how you're going to steal your thing. And this book is about a guy named Will Chen and he is a um, senior at Harvard. I didn't realize that he was quite that old. I knew it was college, but I thought they were going to be younger. <laughs> He's a senior at Harvard, and he is very happy. He's an art history major. He's very fits into his uh, parents' American dream idea. And this um, mysterious Chinese benefactor reaches out uh, with um, an impossible and illegal job offer. And so he is going to steal back five priceless Chinese sculptures looted from Beijing centuries ago. So he comes up with a crew that he can get, a con artist who's his sister, a public policy major at Duke who can talk her way out of anything, a thief who's a pre-med student and is very good at lockpicking, a getaway driver who is someone who is an engineering major who races cars in her free time, and a hacker who is an MIT dropout turned Silicon Valley software engineer, and they have their own complicated relationship with China and the identity as Chinese Americans. And so this book is a lot of examining what that means, what it means to be Chinese American and um, the whole Chinese diaspora. And it's sort of like Ocean's Eleven meets The Farewell, if you've seen that movie. It's, it's very good and very interesting. I wanted to go ahead and recommend this because I think that our adult listeners would really enjoy this book. And I also think that it would be really good for our older teens, like 17, 18-year-olds, who are looking for something that is a little more meatier than some of our young adult books that we offer. It's very definitely new adult so um, that's why I wanted to go ahead and talk about this book because it's fun and it's exciting. And yeah, there we go. Something I thought was interesting about the books that I read for this episode, um, most if not all of them were about characters who are um, of Asian descent, born in America, but whose parents are um, new to America, who were not born and raised in America. And them trying to balance those um, that culture clash of wanting to be the ch- the young person, the protagonist, wanting to be American, but also wanting to honor and respect the their own history and the wishes of their parents, and how they are raised by parents who don't necessarily have the same like beliefs about you know family or work or school or dating that 
you know, these children being raised as Americans might hold. So they're having these, you know, this tradition clash or culture clash within their own families, which I thought was really interesting to explore. And a lot of them also were good for me introductions to little little pieces. You get little snapshots of the cultures because often these books will describe the food that they're eating or a religious ceremony that they're participating in or something like that. So it is it kind of gives you a little glimpse into other worlds that I am not necessarily encountering on a daily basis. So I enjoyed reading these books for those reasons. I think it was really interesting how both you and Catherine's books were all um, realistic fiction. And I tended to lean more towards the fantasy books and the things that were inspired by the myths and cultures of the of the countries and because I I did kind of look at a couple other books to read and this is all of them were all fantasy I just think that's really interesting and I really love that there's this whole wealth of myths and stories that I don't know and so I love reading about new adaptations of these and then I can go back and like okay well like with Six Crimson Cranes I wasn't familiar with the myth that it was based on so I was like oh I'm going to go back and and read about that myth and so it's really interesting and it opens up this whole new world of of mythology and folklore and I love that yeah that's why I wanted to throw Elizabeth Lim out there because it's odd because I read a lot of fantasy fantasies probably one of my favorites and then all of the ones I chose for this were realistic so I had to throw I had to throw a little bit of my fave in there and see that's why I read Portrait of a Thief because that was re- realistic and you know in the sense that it's it's modern day and real, not so much realistic that they're going to go and steal these priceless Chinese artifacts. I think it's really fun that within, I think really within the past five years, there's just sort of been an explosion in YA literature of books by Asian Americans. And I'm enjoying seeing that. Like one of um, the, one of the reasons I picked the ivory key is there is a book talker, on like, in, I think it's Instagram. I, I'm not sure if it's book talk or Instagram, but who was talking about it. And um, she is half Asian, half white. And she has never, she keeps talking about how she's really enjoying seeing herself more in books and seeing herself represented. And she has like a whole um, very impassioned talk about that. And I was like, huh, I'm gonna check out some of the books she recommends. So. I did. That is a common theme I saw in three of my books is being Asian American Mm -hmm. and how you fit in as Asian American versus just Asian. Like with my patron saints of nothing, when Jay went to the Philippines, they kind of saw him as an outsider, even though he is Filipino. And like Izzy in Tokyo Ever After, she was fighting that too. Like, was she Japanese enough? I do like how you call them realistic fiction, but you had a girl who turns out to be an imperial princess of Japan, which is, you know. It has a realistic setting, though. Okay. (laughs) Even in Counting Down With You, Karina has those kind of issues, too. Like, because her parents maybe don't think she's living up to their ideals of the perfect Bangladeshi daughter. And, like, I don't know. So Trying to balance cultures is a, yeah, definitely. So I like that these stories are out here because... These are things that maybe people want to read about and see themselves in their own in their own stories. Yes, I love that. that I love and I love that I can see something that's not me. I can see other difference. Like Sarah was talking about getting glimpses into a, a lifestyle or a world that you aren't familiar with, which is really cool. 
Absolutely. And I would say, even though we're um, talking about all these books for this particular month, as always, we encourage you not to just wait until May to read books about <laughs> Asian American Pacific Islanders. We say you should read these books any time of year because it really will kind of, uh, it's a good way to sort of broaden your perspective, I think, and learn new things. Also, if you wait till just May, you'll never get them all read. That's right. There's no way. <laughs> we tried hard. <laughs> and there's so many more we didn't talk about. Absolutely. You'll find all those in the in the notes, the book list. Well, I guess now it's the time for our assigned reading. Oh, that's right. And I believe it's Sarah's turn. It is my turn. Yay. Uh, okay, so for our next book, we are going to read One True Loves. And this book was written by Elise Bryant. Make sure if you're reading along with us, listeners, that you get the version by Elise Bryant. There's another book with the same title by a different author. That's not a YA book. We are talking about the YA book, One True Loves by Elise Bryant. (laughs) And it is about a girl named Lenora Bennett. And it starts off with her prom night that doesn't go exactly how she had dreamed it would. Um, but maybe, you know, things will turn around as she embarks with her family on a summer cruise to the Mediterranean, um, and maybe she'll even meet a boy. This book is uh, not a sequel to Elise Bryant's novel Happily Ever Afters, but it involves, um, Lenore was a character, not a major character, but a um, minor character in the first book, Happily Ever Afters, and and the major character in that one, Tessa, appears in this one. So if you liked Tessa in the first one and liked that writing style, I think you'll like this one. So check out One True Loves. We'll be talking about that next time. And I fully expect there will be no orphans. No orphans. Not nary an orphan to I would have said no series, but you've kind of said it's a loose series. It's not really a series. You can read them separately, but... Yes. But Catherine's going to go read the first one before she reads the second one, because we all know how Catherine works. I would like to, but I'm not sure I have time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I went on a cruise in the Mediterranean with my grandmother when I was like 22, and I did not meet a boy. And I feel that life really jilted me there. Well, did you f- throw a coin into that famous fountain in Rome? The Trevi, Trevi fountain? fountain? The Trevi Fountain. Did you throw a coin into the Trevi Fountain in Rome? I did. I guess I did not wish hard did you enough. Throw did you throw two, two coins into the fountain? Because that's the trick. <laughs> Is that how you get a boy? Yes. Yes. Oh. One coin just means I want to come back to Rome. Two coins means Give I'd me like love. to meet my true love. I also haven't gone back to Rome. Oh, no, I did go back to Rome. So, okay, hey, I got my one coin worth of stuff. Next time you're there, pitch two coins if you're looking for love. Okay. <laughs> helpful tips for our listeners too (laughs) if you're in rome listening to this right now and you're looking for love grab your coins oh but hey don't forget we have an email address now and please email us oh that's right oh so yeah if you do happen to throw some coins in the trevi fountain and meet your one true love please let us know we definitely want to hear about that one we can say that we were there sort of (laughs) you can email us at spill it S-P-I-L-L-L-I-T at GwinnettePL.org. We would love to hear from you. You may even win a free book. (gasps) It's quite likely that you'd win a free book. We have (laughs) many to give away. Because I'm so sad, listeners, you have not emailed us. Not one. No. (laughs) We're lonely. No one loves us. (laughs) 
Maybe we need to throw our two coins in. Maybe we should. <laughs> is it three? Is it three coins for followers? The three coins oh, for yeah, emails. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>